You are listening to messages from Victory Outreach in the city of Whittier. We pray that you are inspired, challenged, and provoked to become all that God has called you to be. For daily insight, please log into victoryoutreachwhittier.org. I'm going to be talking to you about a subject that the world hates us to talk about, and some Christians do, if they're filled with themselves, and if they're selfish, and they're unsurrendered and uncommitted and unfaithful, they're going to have a problem with this message. I'm going to talk to you today about stewardship, about being a faithful tither, being, being like God, being generous. Now, most of us in the world, you were not very generous. The longer you, you're in the world, the more selfish you become. Is that true or not? You know? Um, But when, when you get saved, God starts to change your heart. And God has taken my life and took me from being a taker to being a giver. And uh, I want to teach our church how to be faithful and continue to be faithful. We're doing, we're doing great things for God's glory and we've just begun. Amen? I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of Malachi chapter 3. But that's not what we're going to teach on today. Today I'm going to teach... On Matthew chapter 25 in a few minutes, but I'm going to jump, and if you're new here, this does not, uh, as far as the, being a faithful tither doesn't apply, because you got to be, be, you should be plugged in, be saved, and then you learn how to be a tither, but for the, every, oh, there's Jelena, Pavel's locked up in the closet, huh? Okay, that's my daughter, amen, and I want to say this, speaking of daughter, God answered our prayers, and, and my daughter Ebony, our daughter Ebony's here, she's been coming to church. And uh, for, for years, we prayed for her. And we're still praying for her. But, uh, but, she's, but she's here in the house of God opening up her Bible. And she didn't come to church for a long time, and that's an answer. How many, once you know, God answers prayer. And God will, God will, God answers prayer. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Malachi, can't miss it, last book of the Old Testament. Um, go to the Old Testament, find the last book. I'm trying to find it right now. <laughs> uh, and those of you watching online, I want to acknowledge, we had, in the first service, I got a text from Europe. Europe was watching us online. And also, uh, uh, um, we have uh, the family, some people are in uh, Chihuahua, Mexico, that they were watching online also, amen? So I threw in a few Spanish words, hallelujah. Uh, this is... A scripture that some have debated and said, oh, this is part of the law. It has nothing to do with, with us. We're under grace. Well, first of all, tithing is not part of the law. Uh, Abraham was the first. And uh, you could see all the way back um, uh, how he, he tithed uh, hundreds of years before the law. Somebody said it's the Old Testament has nothing to do with the New. Well, that means if that's true, then the, then the Ten Commandments are part of the Old Testament and I think we still need to keep the Ten Commandments. Can I get a witness? It's, it, you, you can't kill, steal, lie, commit adultery. Uh, hello, so come on, can I get a witness? And it's just really what it is, is thank God that God has set up a system so you and I can prosper and be blessed. Now let me, let me start by saying this. The world hates for us to talk about certain things. The devil hates for us to talk about certain things. We need to be moral people. Come on. Sex. Say sex. People are afraid to say that word. They're like, oh. 
How do you think you got here? It's not the Immaculate Conception. Okay? Well, maybe, but... But sex outside of marriage is, is wrong. In marriage, it's a blessed thing. Now, this is not a marriage seminar, so I'm not going to go there. But I am going to say the other thing is when you start talking about tithes or money, people say, oh, see, that's all the church wants. But it takes finances in order for us to be able to reach the world with Jesus, for Jesus Christ. It takes finances to have a church. Thank God that Victory Outreach was there when I came stumbling in all messed up. Huh? Hello? How many in the church, some of you have gotten saved, you get married, you get molested. We, I mean, thank God for the church. Say thank God for the church. Now, I'm going to bounce off of this real quick. Let's go to Malachi chapter 3. I want you to open your Bibles. If not, it's going to be on the screen, but I want, especially the young people, we, I want to address the gang. We call it God's anointed now generation. God's anointed now generation. Are you in the house? Young adults, that's us, not you guys. You guys are the old. Us young adults, let me hear you say amen if you're a young adult. Amen. Not you guys, you guys are the old buzzards, amen. No, I'm just kidding. Barry, cut it out. Barry, come on, I remember when you had long hair, bro. No, I'm teasing. Susie, where's Susie? I'm kidding, Susie. Okay, I want to address this. Oh, you got to watch Susie say, oh, you're messing my man. <laughs> See, when you first get saved, most people have a problem with this. And it, we have to grow and trust God. Everybody say, trust God. In Malachi chapter 3, uh, God is rebuking the nation of Israel, God's people, and how many know we are in Galatians by faith, the seed of Abraham, it says it. And um, he says, I, the Lord, do not change. Don't, we're not going to get there yet. Hold, I'm going to read you something before we go there. I, the Lord, do not change. This is in verse 6. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. O you people of God, one translation says, won't be destroyed because of God's grace and mercy. Somebody say amen. But ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my commandments, my decrees. You don't keep them with all your heart. So now I ask you, return to me or come to me. Listen to this translation. I love it. Modern translations. He says, come to me, return to me with all your heart, says the Lord Almighty. But then he says this, but you have been asking. Or you ask, how do we return to you, Lord? And then he says, verse 8. Do we have it up on the screens? Yep. Okay. So either look at the screens or I want you to see it. Because there's some, there's power. Listen, especially the gang and, and young Christians. When you see the word of God, conviction can come in. And it's only the word of God that transforms your lives. What man says will go on one year out the other. You walk out of this door and go have lunch. What I say will not impact your life. But with the word of God... The Holy Spirit is able to follow you, and the Holy Spirit's able to bring conviction, and the Holy Spirit's able to transform you so that you can be blessed. The Word of God is the most important thing you need. We need the Word of God to be applied in our lives. Now, there's some people that are here that have already seared their conscience in this area. 
They have seared their conscience and they have come and, and gotten blessed and came through our homes. Their lives have been transformed and yet they still struggle in this area and they've heard and they've read but they've seared their conscience. That means that they've rejected this one area of the gospel, the one area of God's truth. And you see the people that are constantly struggling. You're gonna, if you don't learn to grow in this area and be faithful, you will always watch other people. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. You will always see other people in the church and other people in Christianity be blessed. And then you will always question the reason why they're blessed is because they're living in obedience to God's word. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay, now we go to verse 8. Are you with me? Amen. It's okay. We're, it's okay, right? God's word, amen? Amen? amen. amen. Okay. Even though some of you are tuning me out, you can't tune out the Holy Spirit. You could tune out this filthy animal, but you can't tune out the Holy Spirit. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. I want you to think about that word rob. It doesn't use the term steal or thief. It says rob. R-O-B. Rob. A robbery takes place in person. Everybody say in person. How am I going to, now, now, now watch this. Okay, let's say, Pastor Barry, I'm going to be nice, Susie, so <laughs> chill out. Okay. He puts his phone down right there, right? Just this example, watch. Hey, Pastor Barry, wow, check that out over there. Look, look at that. See, he looked that way, and I stole I was a thief. I stole his phone. Now I'm going to give it back to him, unless it's nicer than mine, then I'll keep it. I'm not going to pick on you, Bishop. Amen. So, but here's, here's uh, here, let me give him, hold your phone. Now, let's say I want to do something different now. I don't have one. But let's pretend I have a gun. Okay. Right? So this is a robbery. Give me your phone or I'm going to shoot you. Right? So that's a robbery, correct? Yes. So he gives me the phone because he don't want to get shot. I was in Caracas, Venezuela preaching at the... Oh, okay. He has a gun. I'm just... He's like, yeah, try to take my phone. <laughs> well, you're safe now. I was in Caracas, Venezuela. We were, uh, um, there was a conference, and all the churches from Brazil, all over came, Colombia, all over South America, Central America, Mexico, some of them came. And um, I was there to speak at the conference. I went with uh, Pastor Tim Argonzoni and Pastor Tom and a few of us. So anyways, we were there. And first thing, we, when we drove up to the airport, and we got there. The pastor, Manuel, was waiting for us. And the first thing Pastor Ma Manuel told me was, please take off your wedding ring and your watch because I don't feel like getting killed. You cannot have any jewelry there. It's very dangerous. And then he warned us. So I knew something was wrong when he showed up with two guys with bulletproof vests and guns. Then I knew I was in trouble when I asked, are these guys from the police department? Are they off-duty officers? He goes, no, they're in the home. <laughs> 
They were in the men's home. <laughs> don't get no ideas. We don't do that here. This is the truth. The car they picked us in, one of the guys did, he was to be, this is when Chavez was alive, he was a, a, one of his uh, bodyguards for President Chavez. Actually, he was on the bodyguard detail that got saved and went to Pastor Owen Wells' church. The car they picked us up had bulletproof glass, but there were bullet holes in the car. And so I was like, oh my God, when does my flight leave? <laughs> Anyways, here's a true story. I'm talking about robbing the difference. We're going to get back to this verse and move quickly. Watch this. Pastor Manuel says, had warned me, don't answer the door to your hotel. Call down first and make sure it's, they're from the hotel. Don't speak English in public. Um, you know, if you can't, especially you, Joe, because <laughs> with your broken, you know. Anyways, to make a long story longer, we were on our way to go into one of the services. There's, we were downstairs with, the, with Pastor Manuel, the bodyguards, and uh, all the pastors were there. We are all staying at the same hotel. And he told us, stay in a group. The two bodyguards will go in the front, the guys that have the bulletproof and the guns, and we had two, two behind us, and then the group of the pastors. Well, one of the pastors who was from Venezuela, who had got launched out and was a pastoring in Colombia, he was there, he was pastoring a church in Medellin, Colombia. He, he was there, and he goes, ah, yo no tengo miedo, yo soy de aquí. Let me translate that for you. He says, I'm not afraid, I'm from here. Did you guys understand what I said? Not bad, huh? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Okay. What I said is, he says, I'm, not, I'm from here, I'm not afraid, but he said that in Spanish, right? Okay. So he walked ahead of us. We were all fellowshipping and talking. He, went, he was about from right here to where Gil's at, ahead of us. And we're walking up there. All of a sudden, we could see the front doors. He goes out. A motorcycle pulls up. A guy jumps off of the back of the motorcycle. He had a little, little machine gun. It was a little. And he, we seen him. And he went right up to him, took everything, took his passport, took his wallet, stole from him, jumped back on the motorcycle. Now, when that happened, even the bodyguards that were with the, the armed guards, they didn't do nothing. They stopped. They were like this. Yeah, yeah, like, we're going to run out there. Hello. <laughs> they, they, yeah, and we watched this guy get robbed at gunpoint. The one that was, was, was saying he's not afraid. He's from there, calling us, you know, anyways. So um, that was a robbery. That was a robbery. We seen it with our own eyes. He, we, he got robbed to his face. They took his wallet, took, and he was wearing a wedding ring, took his watch, his wallet, and his passport. Verse 8, will a man rob God? But you ask, how do we rob you? Now, this is talking to believers here. Now, if you're not saved, it doesn't refer to, but everybody here is a Christian. Christian, giving your life to Jesus Christ. He says, but you ask, how do we rob you? What does it say? In tithes, everybody with me, in tithes, and offerings. See? And then he says, bring the whole tithe. Here's the problem. And, and, and I, I don't have a problem talking about this because everybody in this church, if you've been here for a while, you know exactly where the finances go. We've launched churches out. We're still supporting churches. You know that we're always increasing and, and bettering this church. You know. You, you know. You don't have to wonder here. Now, watch this. 
He says, bring the whole tithe. That means that's the whole tent, not, not, a, not a tip, not, a, not, a, not what you feel like. The average Christian drops in 10 to $20 as if it was a tithe. And that's disobedience. And he says, that's why you're under a curse. That's why the blessings of God are not flowing. I want to show you. I want to give you a visual this morning of what I'm talking about. Okay? So if you would put your attentions to the screens, um, I want to show you this video. Amen? So if we could get the video and the lights. Now, the pie represents your life and your finances. Watch this. Symbolizing rent, house payment. Amen. Look at all the things that it symbolizes. Insurance, car payments. Oh, I couldn't. Well, maybe just a bite. Oh, yeah! Oh, bye! Don't forget the interest. Will a man rob God? That's what he's talking about. And that's what happens with Christians. Now, now, now if you're new here, it has nothing to do. You know, this is not your church, amen, has nothing. But if you're, you're here and this is your church, you have an obligation. I want to talk to you. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 25. Christian, my brother, my sister, 
I want you to go to Matthew chapter 25. Christian, my brother, my sister, those of you watching online, whatever church you go to, there's a responsibility. Matthew chapter 25, I want to share with you real quick, and I want to talk to you about stewardship. We're starting a new series on on stewardship this morning. I'm going to talk about stewardship of our time, our talents, and our finances. But I want to read this parable, Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 14. I hope we have it up. Do we have it up? We're ready, good to go. Okay. Follow along. Please read God's word. God wants to speak to our hearts. Father, bless your word once again. Speak to us. Conviction. Grow us, change us, mature us, and bless us. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property. Notice the terminology, and I'm going to give you three things today, and we're going to close real fast. His property to them, his property to them, his property to them. Verse, the next verse, 15. To one he gave five talents. A talent was actually around three months' worth of wages, of money. He's talking about money here. So one talent was three months. So this guy who got the five talents got a pretty significant sum. So one, he got five talents of money. To another, he got two talents. To another, one talent. Each according to his ability, what he would be able to handle and do. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents. Everybody say five talents. At once went and put the money say money, to work and gain five more. Also, the one who had the two talents, say two talents, gained two more. But, but the man who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid. Watch with the terminology. Watch what God's word says here. And hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants, he returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought another five. Said, Master, said, look, you entrusted, entrusted, entrusted. Say, everybody say entrusted. We've all been entrusted. You entrusted me with five talents. See, look at I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, you good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'm going to make you, I, I, I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Ver, the next verse, the man who had the two talents likewise came. Master, you gave me, entrusted, entrusted me with two. See, I have to gain two more. Here's just two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The next then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, watch this. I knew you are a hard man. You harvest where you have not sown. In other words, you take what you shouldn't. His mentality was not the same as the five and the two. And you gather where you have not scattered seed. This is a mentality, this is mine and not yours. This is a mentality where God is not owner of everything. He's not Aldonai, which means he's in control and owns everything. He, he, he may be your savior, but you have not allowed him to be your Lord yet. Because you can make it to heaven without, without being a tither, fine. But your blessings here on the earth. And 
afterwards will determine what you do now. And, that, and then he says this. He says, I was afraid. Not only that, but it talks about, look it. He says, you're hard. You, you, you want what you have not sown. Not only that, I was afraid of you. Bible says, listen to me now. Can you hear me back there? The Bible says, perfect love. Perfect love casts out all fear. And when you have the perfect love of God in your heart, when you know God loves you, no matter what you go through, you won't be afraid. No matter what doctors report, no matter who you're praying for, no matter your financial situation, no matter what's happening in your life, when God's love is in your heart, you know some way God will turn it around, that God is faithful. You won't say God's not faithful. You won't be saying, God, where are you? You'll be saying, I might not like what's happening. I might not understand what's happening but I know God is faithful and I know some way somehow God's going to turn this around for the good can I get a witness and I was afraid and I buried it in the ground here here's what belongs to you what is stewardship we're going to talk about kingdom stewardship in all the areas of our lives. Definition of stewardship, supervising or managing, managing of something, right? The, man, the supervising or managing of something. The careful and responsible management of something entrusted to us. Stewardship is simply... The wise management of God's resources. Somebody say amen. amen. Now real quick, just a couple of minutes, I'm going to go through these. I want to bring out just three things that we learned from this parable. Are you ready? Number one, everything comes from God and everything belongs to God. Let me say it again, beloved. Everything comes from God. Once you get saved, you realize everything we have or ever will have, the air we breathe, the oxygen you just breathed came from God. Tomorrow, if you wake up and go to that job, God gave you another day to be alive. God opened the door and allowed you to have that job. Come on. Everything, that house, everything has come from God and everything belongs to God. I learned the most painful and I don't even like talking about it, but I'm going to use it. I did in the first. I learned the most painful lesson of God's sovereignty and God's ownership when my 17-year-old son died. And I pleaded, and I even begged God not to let him die before it happened. When we took him to, when we called 911 and we took him to the hospital, I was, I was, we went and I found a little chapel and I went in that chapel and I pleaded with God. I said, God, do anything. I've, I beg you, God, please don't let him die. He's a young boy. 
I want to see him grow up. Let him get married. Let him live, God. I even said, God, take my life. And I don't ask God for a lot. I never ask God. You know, recently God spoke to me and said, because I never asked for material things, I'm going to bless you. God told me this. I've never asked God, like most people, I've never asked God for material. I never say, God, give me money. Give me, I want this. Or, I don't have, I have never. God knows. I've never asked God for material things. I, I just don't. I haven't asked him for those things. I've always asked for other things. I've asked for the finances, for, for, the, for the church to do projects and stuff, but never for myself. And I told God, I've, God, I, I'm asking you right now, don't let, don't let my, I see my boy. I held him in his arms. I remember I taught him how to ride a bike. I took him to his, I'm the one that took him to his first day at school. And I remember him running back up and grabbing my leg, and he was afraid. And I had to walk him to class, and I remember seeing him, and he was simple-minded. My son was, was a simple-minded kid, never went to the world, never drank, never smoked, and he was laying there, and I said, God. And I remember God telling me, he said, you brace yourself like a man. I'm about to put my finger through your heart. And God told me, and he died. He went home. And I told God, if you take him, I will never preach another sermon I will turn my back and walk away. I will never tell anybody about you. I, 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 will, I told God, like a little kid throwing a tantrum. Mommy, I want it. Daddy, I want it. But spiritually, because my son's life was... And the Lord took him home. He died. He went home to be with the Lord. And I heard the Lord speak to me. He told me, son, you got to accept what I allow in your life. And then God told me something profound. I didn't get it from a book. Nobody ever, I never heard nobody preach this. God spoke to my heart. He said, son, he told me about this. He said, in my kingdom, he will not call you father, and you will not call him son. You both will call me father, because he said he was always mine. He was never yours. I just lent him to you. And when God told me that, because we say, that's my wife, that's my car, that's my son, that's my daughter. Oh, you touch my daughter? Oh, just like Sister Susie, you talk about my husband? <laughs> I'm joking, but I learned. I, I have said in the beginning, when it first happened, on that hillside at his grave, telling God I understand now God he was always yours I was just a steward I was just a steward and I remember hearing the Lord speak to me say because you were a good steward my boy never seen me drink he never seen me smoke he never seen me when I was violent and I was evil he never he never he never seen any of that because I was a Christian at the time and the Lord spoke to me and said, you were a good steward. Stewardship is that you're managing. I want you to know principle number one that we learned from here is everything. Everything. Everything comes from God and everything belongs to the Lord. Everything. Your health belongs to God. All of a sudden, you can start feeling pain, go to the doctor, and they can tell you you have cancer. Let me tell you, your life has been given to you from God. 
Everything we have comes from God and belongs to God. Don't you get it twisted. You are not God. You don't have that power. He, and and he, go, he knows how exactly how to work in our lives to teach us stuff. Psalms 24, 1 says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it and all that is in the Lord will be, belongs to him. Number two, we can only manage it for a season. Nothing in your life is a permanent possession. I know your name is on your accounts. I know that if I go open your wallet... Your name is on your bank cards, your debit cards, your credit cards. Your name may be on the title to your car. Your name may be on the deed to your house. But nothing, no material possession in your life is a permanent possession. Job said it best. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will return. Paul the Apostle said in 1 Timothy 6, 7, For we brought nothing into this world, and we will take nothing with us. I have a nice watch here. This is a very nice watch. This watch is worth $20 million. If you believe that, I got some land for sale. Come and see me. This watch was given, it's just a simple watch, but it's a beautiful watch. People think it's real expensive. One of the pastors blessed me with it. I would like to take it with me when I go. My wedding ring is precious. My wife worked hard and, and she bought me this wedding ring when we got married. This is sentimental value. I don't take this thing off hardly. Because this, this means my covenant vow with her, the covenant we have. And that covenant is precious to me. So this suit, I've had this suit. I joked around in the first service and I said, this is like my spiritual pimp daddy suit. <laughs> I'm just joking, don't get offended, come on. Grow up. But, but, but I like this suit. I've had this suit for 13 years. I take good care of my stuff. I'll wear it once, I take it to the cleaners and keep it in plastic, and then I keep it in my suit thing. That's why it looks brand new. I've had the suit 13. I, tell, I like that. I can tell, I, I, honey, I want to be buried in this suit 50 years from now when I, all these other people die and I do their funerals. <laughs> but when I die, when I stand before the Lord, all this stuff, everything they put in that casket, we're not taking it with us. Everything you have has come from God and everything you have belongs to God we are just stewards of it we are just stewards that's why the Bible says in Proverbs a righteous man takes good care of his possessions number two that was number two number three there will be a time of accountability a day of reckoning will come Not only will you struggle now if you're not faithful, but one day you're going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ if you're a Christian. Christians, I'm talking to you. I don't care what title you have. God's not impressed by titles. I never introduce myself. If you notice, I go around when I meet people, I don't introduce myself as, hi, I'm Pastor Joe. I always say, I'm Joe. My birth certificate doesn't say Pastor. 
My birth certificate doesn't say elder, doesn't say, what is the title? What does that even mean? I mean, I respect it. Don't get me wrong. I don't disrespect it. I count it an honor. But that's not what impresses God. It's, 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 it's our heart, our, our obedience. Listen to me. It's our obedience to the God that saved us and delivered us and changed us and kept us and has been so merciful and gracious. And sometimes we're like that video. We do all these other things. And what should go to God, just the simple tent, the tithe, we're like this in the house of God. Or like that with just our lives. And God is calling us to be faithful so he can bless our lives with our time, our talents, and our money. Some of you have a gift. You should be, some of you, listen, some of you here should be preaching, teaching, doing a life group, helping us in some area of ministry. Come on, get involved. Do something. We need you. Use your gifts. Use your talent. This is your season. I want to declare today's a brand new season for you. It doesn't matter. And I don't care about yesterday. In this church, today you can come up and say, man, pastor, I want to do something. And if anybody dares says, wait a minute, you haven't been faithful, we'll tell them to shut their mouths. Because today's a brand new day. Today's a brand new season. Come on, from the day you start, today do something with your life. Come on, today do what God has called you to do. Hear the voice behind the voice. This could be a brand new season for your life. A new season blessing, anointing. God wants to do something new. You hold him back. Stop holding him back. Only the devil and foolish people remind you of your past. It's time for a new level of faith and trust. I want to have every head bowed, every eye closed right there where you're at. Every head bowed, every head closed. Come on. Father, I love you. Mm, the Holy Spirit's in this room. I could just feel his presence. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, this is your house. These are your people. See, the Holy Spirit is attracted to your weakness because His strength is perfected in your weakness. Come on, let Him. Let Him touch you. Let Him strengthen you. Oh, it's time for a brand new level of commitment, a brand new level of prosperity in your life. Brand new season. So the season of struggle can be over. The season of lack can be over. The season of never enough can be over in your life. Oh, Father, let them hear the voice behind the voice. Thank you, Lord. Now, look up at me. On your seats, we had put, we're starting a new campaign, a 90-day challenge. We're going to be challenging those of you that have not been faithful as a tither to become a faithful tither. There's a commitment card. Everybody look at this 
pick up, let me see, everybody grab your commitment. If you don't have one, raise your hand, the ushers will get you one. There should be one on your seat. There was one for everybody. Anybody need one right back there? Make sure he gets five, amen. God just healed him. He was out of the hospital. Love you, bro. Amen, Julian. All right, see this? This is a challenge card. There you go. This is the challenge card. Flip it over, and it says, yes, I accept the 90-day challenge. Now, let me talk to some of the younger people here and, and just some of the people. Some of you have been coming to the church for quite some time. You've gotten touched here, changed here, and you haven't come to that level of being a faithful tither. Some of you are in and out. I want to challenge you. Start giving to God. Honor God because this spills over into every area of your life. You'll always have struggles until you become see when you honor God with the tithe when you honor God with the first fruit he'll give you the finances and open doors but also listen to me listen to me he'll give you the things that money can't buy if God wanted to spoke to me about Joey I probably wouldn't be standing here right now I remember sitting down contemplating going and drowning myself in a bottle of tequila, getting high, and I heard God speak to me. See, God has taken care of me and watched out for me because I've always been since the, whole, since the very beginning of my Christianity a tither. He'll bless you finances and with things that money can't buy. My daughter Ebony's here. We prayed for her. I remember her saying, oh, she didn't want nothing to do with God or nothing to do with the church. I remember we were praying for Ryan and Jelena. And it was hard for us. I used to have to come and preach, man. And my kids were messed up. And I felt like a hypocrite, too. I felt like, man, God, people are getting saved. The church is exploding. We're planting churches. And my own kids are messed up, man. In my house, I felt responsible. And I said, God... Please, God. Everyone's in ministry now. They're all in ministry. They're here in the church. See, God will do. And I know it's because of one thing we have never, I have never, like that video that I showed you. I am not perfect. I am such a flawed man. But I'll tell you what. From the very beginning, day one, when I heard this and I was taught this, I have been a faithful tither. And that's why I've, God has always blessed me. I want to challenge you. Some of you here, you've been a Christian for a while and you're still a taker. You just take, you receive, you get blessed. You, you, but you, you don't honor God in this area. I've even heard some people just, they just refuse to. That's fine, but you're always going to be in that place of barrenness or empty you're going to see other people more, be more blessed more peace more joy be faithful honor god and watch i want to give it the 90 day challenge is this we're going to see if god won't give you a new job more finances save someone do something and we're going to put the testimonies every week up on the video screens take your card everybody let me see your card i want you to fill it out get a pen if you haven't done it and i want those of you that are not a tither to put down 10%, those of you that are, I want to challenge you. Now I want to talk to the leadership and the mature Christians. 
The tithe is the minimal. Me and my wife are over 25%. If we add United We Can, the offerings we give and the tithes, we're close to 30% of our giving. One day I'm going to give 75% of my income. And I'm still going to be more blessed than all of you. Because you can't control God's blessing. The other day I went to go preach somewhere. The blessing, Pentecostal handshakes I got from people that didn't even know me Pentecostal, you know, when they just was more than my honorarium. And my honorarium was good. It's because I'm a giver. And you cannot, do, be, do not be deceived. Here's the word, not man. Here's the word. Be not, cannot be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, whatever, that will he also reap. So I want to challenge you to be faithful. Write it down and then put down what you're believing God for. We're going to bring the cross. Remember the cross that we had for the miracle? We're going to, we're going to uh, from the office, put some of the stuff on the cross and we're going to keep it up as a reminder. And I'll write down what you're praying for. And we're going to have people fasting and praying for your miracle and watch God happen. Put your name, last name, amen. Also, this morning we did the tithes and offerings at the end, so we haven't took up our tithes and offerings we're going to use these envelopes for the next few months because we're about to go on a new season. Someone say new season. Someone say fresh fire. Someone say new level of faith. Someone say new level of trusting God. Someone say new level of blessings in my life. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Say new level of blessing in my life. New level of miracles in my life. Come on, say breakthroughs. Provision. Favor. Favor. Amen. Now take your envelope. Let's get our tithes ready. Now, me and my wife, we're direct debit givers. We give automatically every Friday it comes out. So whenever you see me, and I put an envelope in every service because I made a vow to God years ago that whenever the basket passed, I would never let a basket offering go by anywhere I am that I don't drop something in there. Even though I've already did my tithes and offer, we've already, it's already done. The reason why I did is because I made a covenant with God between me and him years ago. And that's when God spoke to me and said, because of that son, there'll never be a day, never be a day in your life that you won't be able to reach your hand in your pocket and not have finances. And it's been true for over 20 some years now since I made that covenant with God that it's been true. There was a day when I was so discouraged and I was broke I remember I was going through it and I was on my way to a meeting and I was saying, man, God, you made a promise to me. I'm going to go broke. I can't even, you know, bless this person with lunch. I don't even know if I have enough gas to make it all the way over there and back. I started backing out of my driveway and pff, a car pulled up in front. It was a guy who used to be in my home when I was a director in Long Beach. He said, for two weeks, God's been speaking to me, Joe, to come and give you this. He owns a construction company. He just got a big contract. And he blessed me, and he, I, I, he blessed me with thousands, thousands of dollars that man blessed me. He said, because I'm serving God, because you led me to the Lord. You took your time and went and talked to me about God, took me to the home. See, and then the Lord spoke to me. When he drove away, God said, see, I'm true to my word. I told you there'd never be a day. I told you. You can have that kind of relationship with God. God's no respecter of persons, but, uh, but you got to be faithful and you got to live like that. I want to challenge you. Let's all stand now.
Just fill out our, our tithing. Fill out your challenge card. Now, one last thing we're going to do that's the most important thing right now. In the Bible, there's something called, it was modeled by Moses, and it's throughout the whole Bible. I want to pray a, a priestly, a pastoral blessing over your finances. Over your finances. So here's what I want to do. I want to have every head about it, every eye closed right now. God did speak to me one time and told me that one day he's going to bless people in this church. He said he would bring some, but that some that would be here, that he was going to prosper them so much. Some of you, the devil's trying to fight you and your finances because you've been faithful. He's trying to fight you. There's a season coming. The waves will come. And God told me he's going to prosper some people because they're going to help finance the vision of this house. We've been able to plant those churches. We have supported and planted eight churches so far. And each time we've, we've, we've supported them. We're still supporting Pastor Ray. God is going to provide. God's going to bless you. Now, every head bowed, every head closed. Everyone here that needs a financial miracle or you want God to, to bring an increase financially. I know he's going to do other things, but... I want to pray just specifically for this. You need a financial miracle. You want it. You'll, and you make a covenant to God. Say, God, if you give it to me, I'll, I'll be faithful. Even if you're already faithful, say, God, I'll even go to another level. Come on. God wants to give you miracles. I want to pray for all of you that want a financial miracle, need a financial miracle. You will need a better job. You want a raise. You want income, your income to increase this year. And you make a covenant vow when you come to God and watch him bless you. I want you to get out of your seats as we sing a song right now. Come up here. I want to say it. I'm going to pray a pastoral, a priestly blessing over your, over your household and over your finances. I want you to come. Don't be embarrassed. I want you to come. Don't miss out.